Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shameless Fitness Podcast. So today is episode 190, and it is volume 16 of Coach's Corner. So today is myself and Dallas. Um, hopefully we'll be getting Jane back on pretty soon because I know a lot of people really, really enjoyed the episode with the three of us on. And a lot of people seem to really enjoy the episode that we did recently on kind of self-worth and then the psychology aspects behind weight loss and stuff that really resonated with a lot of people, which I hope most of the episodes do at this point. But this one is something that is kind of coming up an awful lot with things opening back up that a lot of people are struggling with. I think a lot of people struggle with it in general. And the topic today is going to be on boundaries. So Dallas and I will be kind of going through this and different things and different elements and how we real life examples for ourselves that we bring into our routine and also what we try to work with clients. And the biggest thing that I would say is it's not going to happen every time. But if it happens the majority of the time, Dallas is just already laughing. He's like, <laughs> um, so Dallas, how are we? Uh, good. Oh, very wonderful. Doms are real and uh, boundaries are too. I like the way uh, you kind of just started laughing at me as soon as you said they're not going to happen every time. Well, I I can put my hand up 100% and put that there because like I know I've got an idea what I'm going to say somewhat. Um, I'll let you take it away then. All right. Well, okay. So we do, well, let's start in a simplest in the simplest form, right? From the beginning, let's talk about so attachment or authenticity, right? So the no. Then we need to start with a definition first, though. Oh, where we, okay, what was in definition? Okay, I'll give, it, I'll give a definition first. Yeah, yeah. You give a definition and then like my thoughts are going to come rambling in. Okay, so personal boundaries are the guidelines, rules, or limits that we create to identify reasonable, safe, and per- permissible ways for other people to behave towards us. So they're people to behave towards us, not to let us dictate it. So it's also it is about how we respond when someone steps over those boundaries and the consequences of their actions that we impose. We build these boundaries out of a mix of conclusions, beliefs, opinions, attitudes, and past experiences we've had in dealing with others. Mm-hmm. So past trauma, all that kind of stuff, relationships that we've had with potential uh, with, with family or whatever, maybe kind of come into it as well. Even if we don't know exactly what a personal boundary is yet, we tend to know what it feels like when someone crosses that line with us. Even though we may not have identified it, we know when someone has crossed it. The time when you have had to say no, helping out a friend move because you were going out of town or you were going to be, and you kind of feel guilty about it, or you're going on vacation and that person makes you feel like shit afterwards. Or when that girlfriend or boyfriend teases you about a time when you stood up on a blind date and you tried to laugh it off instead of sticking up for yourself and tell her the comment hurt to your feelings. That could also be a different uh, form of boundary break that that's kind of like it's triggered something and you triggered an emotional. Mm. And I think a lot of people. I'll let you take over in a sec, but I think there's one quote from doing a little bit of research on this and by Christine Morgan. She says, like, setting boundaries is a way of caring for myself. It doesn't make me mean, selfish, or uncaring. Just because I don't do things our way, I care about me too. It's important for you to be putting yourself first. And I always use the analogy with clients is you can't keep pouring from an empty cup. You can't keep putting everyone else first. So I'm going to let Dallas take over about what we spoke about there about kind of the attachment stuff yeah so like starting with attachment and we've covered on previous podcasts like you know early infant attachment can be quite a big predicator for attachment throughout your life in terms of how you deal with relationships how you have relationships to in terms of the security the safe haven you feel but so if we look at it from kind of a simplistic thing a lot of people have difficulty saying no so Often if we say no, we go, I'm selfish, I'm a bad person. Um, If I say no, they won't love me. If I say no, they're going to be angry with me. Um, They would often think that if I say no, I will feel guilty about it. And then so it's that looking going, so like where do some of these things come from, right? And why do we feel this way? So I think the easiest way in terms of, for me, to be asked you in terms of this now, that this is your first date with somebody. You're at a restaurant, right? And you don't happen to like Brussels sprouts, right? You've got a little bit of allergic reaction to it. You know, you're not also a fan of it. And your first date goes, look, I'm going to cut some and put it into your mouth. What are you going to say? No. Well, what are you going to say? No. Yeah. No, and also smack the fork out of their hand. 
<laughs> yeah, out of the go. So it's like you knew how to say no there, right? Because something was being crossed. Third date, same thing happens again. Something else you don't like. How quick are you to say no? Pretty quick. Exactly. So it's like what you're doing is you're manifesting something here. So it's like because it's congruent with what you don't like, it's often easier to say no. But the difference is that when it comes to it, we have the choice between authenticity and attachment. And the authenticity, the way to look at it is, is yourself, right? And your how you envision yourself and what you do for yourself. And attachment is how you are going to connect with the other person, right? So that means that you have two choices when it comes to saying no, right? That means you can either say no for the authenticity's side, right? Which means that you're being congruent with how you are and what you feel and how you see things, or you can say yes because you want attachment. Now, here's the crazy thing. Majority of us, for when it comes to saying no to people in general, find it really, really hard because most of us have prioritized attachment over authenticity in our life. We care about being loved. We care about being liked. liked. We care about how people see us. So we're more willing to compromise on these boundaries that are there for ourselves because we prefer the attachment over authenticity. Now, funny enough, this replicates pretty much through everybody. We've all been through at least one occasion in life. We've done it. A majority of this ends up happening when we're kids and we're coming into our teenage years where social popularity occurs and we really want to fit in. So we will compromise. We'll do things that we don't usually want to do or know things that we don't feel are right because the attachment is more important than being true to yourself. I think another thing that kind of came in was that no is a complete sentence for a lot of people as well. I think a lot of people... um, when like ha- like there's a quote by Josh Billings and he kind of talks about like half the troubles of this life can be traced to saying yes too quickly and not saying no soon enough for a lot of people and that really hit home for me it was kind of like it, it like no is a complete sentence and a lot of people are afraid of those two letter words and yes is easier but yes it also has more letters in it than no but people find it easier to say and it is a very very hard skill to acquire very very hard if like as a people pleaser for many many years and because it was taught that in order to kind of like have friends and stuff, it needs to, I need to keep them happy despite the harm that it was being put on myself and the stress of putting on myself. And it was putting, I was taking on more responsibility, even though I was pouring from the empty cup just to kind of like properly say yes to people, even though those people were never going to give back. Mm. I was striving for the, the kind of like the, the dopamine or the serotonin hit of, of getting this like liked or whatever it may be. I can see it in a lot of people. Uh, I've been guilty of it because I can see it in myself. I, I've, I've had it myself and I can see it in a lot of people. And it's kind of like, it just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and then you're getting nothing back. And it's kind of gets hard. It's like if I compare it to like saving for a mortgage and you keep putting money into an account and then you kind of look at the account at the end of the month and nothing's there. Yeah. Like, the money's going out of your account, but nothing's actually accumulating. So it's kind of like, you, like no one owes you anything back. It's not like if you do a favor for someone, it's not like it's in credit. That's not the way, that's not the way life works. And not everyone want, thinks people will use people, unfortunately, but it's also understanding and recognizing as best you can yeah. that everyone's, everyone's a little bit selfish um, in what they want to do. But by saying, when you say yes, it's something and that you do not want to do then you actually feel resentment towards that person. You feel angry at that person for not actually respecting you. You bitterness towards the requester and anger at yourself for the task that you are doing. Most people are procrastinating and doing the task that was committed to instead of asserting themselves and clearly starting the sentence with a no. Mm -hmm. Learn to say no is where the kind of resentment actually stops. And it's how you are beginning to understand the the concept of actually setting personal boundaries. And I know for me, I've been working with a lot of clients is they keep taking things on. And I think when parents kind of come to us, it's kind of like they're everything to everyone else, but they're nothing to themselves. And they find it extremely hard because they don't want to be perceived. A perfect example is if say if a parent is doing the the school run or the gal run or whatever, maybe they feel 
that they have to do that to be seen as certain some, something else to the parents that are out there because they say that they're, they're not a proper parent. Mm. They create this story that they're, they're not a proper parent if they're not doing the school run rather than saying, well, if my son or my daughter is like 17 or 18 and they've got their full license, they can kind of chip in or do a pool run or a carpool when you pre-COVID or post-COVID, whatever it may be. Mm. But you can set that boundary for yourself. It's like, well, this morning I'm doing this or my partner's doing it this morning. Set a rota. It can't always be you. Open the communication lines with the other half. Open the communication lines with those around you and actually lean on people. You will feel so much less stress if you actually lean on those around you and set your own boundary and just say, like, do I actually need to take on the guard? Do I need to take on the skates? Do I need to take on the football training as well, the hurling training? Do I need to take on the cooking dinner? Could I do that a little bit more on a Sunday or cook extra meals or do the when the, the stew or whatever is cooking? on a say a monday night could i make the 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 lunches then for the next day for the kids at school over the camps if you by setting your own boundaries you're probably saving yourself probably four or five hours during the week i would like to actually open up the floor i think this will be an interesting one um uh, Dr. Gabor Mate often he's a trauma trauma uh, physician and when he deals with it, I know he's got these four questions, which <laughs> when you sit down with a piece of pen and paper or pen and paper or whether you type it, put it on your phone or anything, like do take some time to do this. So it's like if you're looking at it from the no perspective, right, where do you have trouble saying no? So that's question one. So where is it your relationships? Is it work? What is it, right? Then number two, what is the story I tell myself when I am saying no? Number three is, is this story true? And then number four, what is the impact of when I don't say no? And revolutionary, because when you sit down and realize way to do it, which is in terms of myself, where do I struggle saying no? And that's work. I went, I thoroughly enjoy work. I went and if you talk to Neve about it, she will 100% like, you know, if I was given billions and told you can sit on your butt all day long, it would drive me to the point of insanity. I need a purpose. I need a drive. I want to help. I want to work. So even though I can take time off, I still will find something to go, cool. I can do something. I can improve something. And that's where the boundary of no stops. So now if you look at it from that and go, what story do I tell myself? Well, without work, where's purpose? Right? And that's a hard thing to understand because that means you have to dig down into your own values and you have to dig down into your other purposes. So when I compromise on, say, saying no, is it truly something that's going to affect me? Yes, in the long run. Why? Because I'm taking more and more time I can spend with other people who are very meaningful in my life. I can spend more time, you know, cultivating myself and looking after myself instead of trying to look at other people, which is what we're talking about here. So it's like, what is that massive impact on your life? And it's like, in the meantime, there's nothing. But in the grand scheme of things, you're creating quite a deficit in yourself. And it's like the four questions are revolutionary in the sense that if you spend that time to ask yourself you know, where do you actually have trouble saying no? You'll start to realize where you often let yourself down or where you don't have a boundary to uh, to accommodate what is occurring. And I think what you said there is that we've got like, the perfect example is, say if someone's at work and an email comes in or a DM comes in or a text message comes in, we'll almost get this, we'll get this dopamine hit almost instantly, kind of like, oh, there's a message, so I need to answer this, or I see the flash on my phone, I need to answer this. Mm. But you, like, I think it's like Warren Buffett kind of talks about, like, that the difference between the most successful people out there and the really successful people, the difference between those is that the really successful people say no more often. They do, they don't answer, they, they block off time of saying, right, I'm going to answer my emails first thing in the morning at lunch and at, in the evening, or I'm just going to do it once a day or else I'm not going to look at my phone in the evenings because you can't actually turn off in the evenings if you're on emails until 10 o'clock. You can't be off your, like if you're on Instagram or until like 10 o'clock and you're going to bed at half 10, your mind's taking in information. You're not letting your mind rest. And then you're expecting to go and rest and you're like, you, you go to bed, you're lying up on bed 
staring at the at the at the ceiling and you're like why can't my mind's in overload but you're not letting your mind rest you're taking in too much information you haven't set the boundary for yourself what could you potentially either listen to could you do some meditation one of the girls has really got into meditation since we we started she started doing journaling as well and she's seeing triggers she's seeing identifying things but she set that boundary but she's also a mom of four a single mom of four so she set that boundary for herself so it is possible but it's also not for everyone. It doesn't have to be a meditation. It doesn't have to be a journal. It can be just like, oh, I'm going to take a bath once a week. Mm. That's my time. But if you're looking at your schedule right now, and if you look at our schedules right now, I knew that we had the, the podcast today. I knew this morning was for other stuff. I knew the podcast was now, and I know what's happening this afternoon. And they're blocked off, and they're, they're, on, they're on continuous. So I know when I can say yes to things, when I can get ask for other interviews or whatever it may be because I've set the boundaries but I've had to eat the shit and not always have those boundaries I've had to be the people pleaser to understand that but a lot of people are stuck in that people pleasing element and afraid to move away from that because of the judgment of others hmm. but are you living your life for you or are you living your life for the life of others that's the big question people need to ask themselves I'm interested except the consequences that come with no there are, most of the consequences that we create don't actually happen but there we go. It's because we, we have a sense of comfort in our safe haven we have now, but we, we catastrophize what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. So, like, for instance, if we were, say, uh, meeting up for Friday, right, and we're meeting up, and you're like, right, I want to meet up at 12 o'clock, right? And I tell you, no, I cannot do that. You know, the automatic response there can be, oh, my God, he's going to hate me as a friend, you know, or we can turn around and be like, cool, so what time does suit you then? Yeah, exactly. It's like we automatically assume that something is going to be worse, but then we also don't realize that it's also a good thing if someone comes back and gives you shit for it. And the reason why I say that is because then you actually know, one, where the person stands, two, where you stand, and three, they don't belong to be in your life if they can't accept them, no. But the other thing that we need to look at then is that the, what the, the perfect example of that is, because I know we're meeting up whatever next Friday and Jane's getting involved or whatever the time we're recording this. Um, and it's trying to figure out a time that would suit all of us. And things have to be moved around on all sides to kind of facilitate it, which is amazing because it's a worthwhile cause. But it was like, well, this doesn't suit. And we, we kind of accepted it and stuff. And we kind of like, well, we can move things around and just give us a little bit of notice. So we gave each other like two or three weeks notice to, to organize things. Mm-hmm. But we also had the, the if it didn't suit us, we spoke up. Yeah. But I also think that people are sometimes too emotional or fragile uh, in their state yeah. when they don't get the answer they want. Oh, yeah. And that's a very hard thing to, it's not always the person giving. It's sometimes people receiving the answer back that, need, that, that can kind of get triggered. It's like if a kid is in a shop and they want a toy and they don't get the toy, they're going to have the tantrum. And then, then if they get the toy, they're going to recognize that if every time I have a tantrum, I'm going to get that toy. So it's something like that for a lot of people. That If you keep getting irked by other people not living off your values or your time, are you doing the same to other people and pushing that on to other people? So you need to look at that as well. And I think a lot of people can get annoyed if they don't have it their own way. And that's coming from trauma that's coming from adolescence that's coming from that element i knew you were going to fucking high virtual high five me <laughs> i was like trauma baby it's just a quick one so we can carry on in terms of that look at trauma as an open wound that hasn't healed that anytime you touch it it goes ah and that's when you do crazy things right it's the same bite <laughs> that's the easiest way of doing it your overreaction your dysregulation occurs because that is still fresh in the psyche is still fresh in the body and it manifests itself in different ways and that's what we have to be key to think about it when you start to accept your trauma and go through things it turns into a scar scar has got no more feeling it's got no more emotion touch it it's like it doesn't do anything that's what ends up occurring through the acceptance and so it's like you've got to realize these things but then it does touch into like when I try to conceptualize boundaries for people, like categories of boundary, you can kind of flow between a rigid, a loose, and a flexible structure, right? And this is what I like when you kind of bring certain understandings and categories that if you're, say, someone who has more of a rigid mindset, a more kind of rigid approach, 
you can kind of break it down to you love being private, you have a difficulty asking for help, you know, you also got a fear of rejection. So like these are some things you would see. You will have like then say like a loose boundary, which is a people pleaser. So, you know, they're happy to merge between everything, you know, it's enmeshment between anything and everything. You know, self-worth is always defined by others. You would often see that you would overshare a lot of information, loves helping and pleasing everybody. So, like, that would be like a loose boundary. Okay. Yeah. Loose. And then you've got, like, say, flexible, which would be more self-aware um, about your beliefs and your thoughts. And you can kind of counteract them and see where they're going. But then you also know how to communicate to others and when you need to communicate and when to say no, when to say yes. But you also have the ability to regulate your emotions and your thought processes allowing you to truly express yourself. But we can kind of, if you want to look, put it into a circle so everyone can imagine who's listening, you can float between rigid, loose, and flexible as time goes on. And that's the key. It's like you don't have to always be rigid, you don't have to be loose, and you don't always have to be flexible, but you also need to know where you stand. Because if you are a person who is more flexible, perfect. You can handle a lot more dealing with this. But if you're a person who always defaults to rigid, you can start to notice how close relationships can be a problem or that fear of rejection really comes in where you're like, okay, I really need to push myself to get out of this rigid way of looking at boundaries. I think it's from my own experience. I can only talk about it from that. I think it's important for us to like, and really, really set them because it helps us thrive in relationships as well, either professional or romantic or family, whatever it may be. It allows us to kind of, if we have them in place, it allows us to communicate, allows us to communicate our needs and desires clearly, which a lot of people struggle with. They won't actually won't talk about it and without fear of repercussions and bite back. It also is also used to set limits that others won't take advantage of us. I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of and are allowed to hurt us. They, we can't allow other people to hurt us. So it's a way for us to practice self-care and self-respect. And that's one of the things that we work a lot with our clients is self-care, self-empathy, self-compassion. And with unhealthy boundaries or the lack of boundaries, we lose self-respect almost as we go against our values, if there are values there. But a lot of people don't have values. They kind of just wing life and then expect something to fall back in front of them and in order to please others. And they get no, and then get the repercussions that don't know how to handle them we keep giving ourselves and giving ourselves and you know, I feel like we ask for help and then we get ignored. So if you're asking your friends to meet up or when you're, and you're not getting bite back, potentially reach out to other friends or potentially just go for a walk with no headphones on. You may have that boundary of, or that struggle with that boundary of the thoughts coming into your head, but over time that will get easier and it's allowing others. It's, it's also really, really important for like allowing others to determine what we like, where we're going or how, who we are shows what we're allowing them to control us or what, which are signs, but we have unhealthy boundaries. Another unhealthy boundary that really helps or really comes in is expecting others to fill your needs. And this is going to trigger someone. If no one's responsibility, it's no one's responsibility to make you happy. The only person that making you happy is you. If you don't like you, no one else can make you happy. If you're struggling and you're kind of always doubting a relationship or whatever, maybe no one else can make you happy. You have to look and do this, the soul searching yourself just like you are not responsible for anyone else's happiness. So it's a two-way street. No one is responsible for the way you live, the way your life situation currently is than you. You have to own what you've, the actions that you've got you to where that point is. And it's up to you. If you're unhappy to that point, you have to go, if it's like a, a T-junction or whatever, maybe you have to go left or right. You have to decide what boundaries you can put in place left or right and live by those values. And I think it's important that we don't want to feel mistreated by others. We also don't want to give up the power to others and have a small life. So we have to set those boundaries for ourselves. Like if we don't, we're being everything to everyone else, but nothing to ourselves. And then we're going to get fecked off the whole, pro whole thing. Like if someone's starting out a weight loss journey, that's a perfect example. And they have never set a boundary. They're like, oh, if I start to like book in, like going to the gym or book in, going for a walk or whatever, maybe, or book in, whatever it is, they almost create a story that their partner or whoever it may be, or those around them or the kids won't be able to cope without their function in the family or whatever it may be. But you've created that function. So you can create the next function. You can mold them to accept the next step. 
which is the next chapter in your life, because ultimately you're being selfish by not giving the best version of you to your family right now. So Dallas is just like, yep, yep. <laughs> um, I think, yeah. You, you're touching on a point there. It's just like, what evidence is what you're doing is going to change? Um, but nothing, nothing's going to change if nothing changes, though. Exactly. It's coming from that thing. You first need to recognize that you need to change before you can make the change. And that's how you go about doing this. So it's like, if you're scared of what's going to happen, that's fine. Take guilt over giving up a part of yourself. But it's also coming to understand it's just that you're going to notice tension in yourself when you do this because it's something you haven't done. There's going to be an anxiety uh, response to it. There's going to be a stress response. But if you choose the decision, so you always have two choices between the attachment and the authenticity when it comes to boundaries, right? So it's either yourself or kind of looking at it going, I want to be closer to whatever that attachment is. So whether it be work, whether it be, you know, friendships, relationships, whatever that may be. So you have the choice there to define whether you want to make the decision to give up on your authenticity. And you can do that consciously instead of automatically, or you can choose to go and be aware of what is occurring and how you fit into it. I'm going to play a devil's advocate here. Oh, please. I love it. Do you think most, do you think people are aware of their authentic self is? No. <laughs> Good talk. <laughs> Welcome to my TED talk. <laughs> the reason behind it is because the majority of people don't spend the time to truly understand one, their values, two, their why, and three, who they really are. It's like, if you look at yourself in some of the happiest moments, if you look at yourself from in terms of how you interact in the happy moments and you derive the information from that, you'll start to see a better picture of yourself. Get three other of your closest friends to even give you a description or do a personality test based on you. So they take the personality test with you in mind and you get that information and then you'll start to see truly not only how you see the world, how other people see you, and you're getting closer and closer to who you potentially are. But the problem is we just go, I'm a kind person. I care for people. There we go. I'm done. Yeah, we attach we attach ourselves to like these buzzwords that are out there. Um, and I think what has helped me setting the, the personal boundaries and also the work boundaries is that it has kind of like itself it's improved kind of like the self-confidence and a health healthy self-concept of myself uh because i think my value of health has definitely changed because it's more a mental health a mental health aspect first mm. and everything else is a bonus and that's definitely changed because before i would be like oh it's only how i look and how i feel or how i look rather than how i feel yeah. and i think a lot of people that struggles for a lot of people and we we are more in touch with the reality of like each circumstance, not allowing our, our ego to kind of cloud us an awful lot more. Um, being assertive about what you actually want to do is not about being harsh or not about being unkind. It's always, you can always stand up for yourself without hurting others. It's actually delivery that really, really matters. Mm -hmm. Using the words like I need or I feel, I'm not pointing the finger at other allows us to be assertive without offending them. I need to do this for me i want to do this for myself i feel like i should do this i want to go train i feel like i want to go training i need to go training i need to go for a walk with my friends i need to go for a coffee i need to go for a walk to clear my head that side of things those set those two those kind of few sentences and will allow us to kind of like have self-awareness that self-awareness will lead to confidence and the first step in actually building those personal boundaries to what we actually want to do and each time each self-care time that you say no is actually you are saying yes to yourself. And most people don't feel that they're worthy of that self-care. And that's the hard part. So it's kind of like this vicious circle that by people saying that they're not worthy of the, of the, the more time for themselves, it's actually not helping themselves. It builds, helps by saying no more often actually builds your self-esteem. It builds your self-concept of what you want to do. It builds your self-esteem. It's the difference between a hell of a lot more people than others. Once you gain this actual self-confidence for yourself, it will 
adjust relationships. It will adjust your thinking of others. It will adjust your thinking of you and how they see you. So I don't understand how that's a selfless act. And then people derive that concept of selfish. And as I've already said already, is selfish is not giving those around you your best. Because mm. we think that if we're setting a boundary, we're being selfish. We're like, no, 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 I'm saying no to this. And other people are going to create this situation or they're going to get angry at me. But I know if I didn't have my boundaries in place, I would be a busy fool. Yep. And miserable. Yeah. And I've done it. I was living off someone else's schedule. Like if I, if I, I could easily stay on my DMs all day, I could easily stay on my emails all day. I could easily stay on my WhatsApp all day talking to clients. Easily. Oh, yeah. But I know it's not going to achieve anything. True. And it's also not going to let them grow. It's also going to not let my clients grow. It's not going to let them develop and think about things. And it's also not going to help me grow because I won't be able to learn. I won't be able to let them to sit with the information because I'll keep trying to push my ideas and ideologies down their throats. So I've had to set the boundaries for myself so that they can grow themselves and realize. So they've set the boundaries for the walks because when we know ourselves that walking is generally where most people's creative thoughts kind of come in. And I think we need to look at if someone's looking at their life right now and they're trying to figure out where to actually set their boundaries. I think what we spend most of our time doing anyway at the minute is work and work is easy to set targets. Work is easy with KPIs and stuff, but when it comes to a a relaxation time, there's no targets. Mm. And that's from deep work. And I can see Dallas is like, that's from deep work. Uh, and that's the truth though. But if you think about it, like uh, there's no, there's no incentive because your mental health isn't a obtainable object. It's not like, oh, here's your, here's your paycheck and then the month. Well done for your mental health. It's not how it works. There's no reward. There's no dopamine hit at the end of the month. But we're so used to like this escapism thing of like, oh, I'm going to go on social media and watch other people's lives rather than focus on my own because I'm trying to escape my own life. And it's really, really important to like, if you're finally just on your phone watching people aimlessly at night from someone who's been there, you have to start with the boundary of like even reducing the screen time by five minutes. As Dallas spoke about with the sleep, start small. Small measurable, achievable, realistic time, like smart goals will be hard part. How have you kind of come across any like um, models around like that for kind of how to set the personal and emotional boundaries or anything like that? You can type it as well if you want to go from categorically, which we talked obviously about, like, you know, your rigid, uh, flexible and loose. Then you can type it. So you can go physical boundaries, you can do resource boundaries, and you can do mental boundaries. Right? So if you want to think about it, physical boundaries can include, say, your body, uh, your home, work, uh, anything you have on you now. It can also include, say, your sexual preferences, Um Resource boundaries, we're kind of looking at uh, our ability to choose and how we want to spend our time. So you kind of resources, how do you spend your resources? Um, and then basically how you take your own personal responsibilities and how you talk with other people. And then you can type it into the third category, which would be then, say, mental, emotional boundaries. So your mental side of things, what are you doing for your, your ability to help yourself what are you doing in sharing the information you give out to the world how are you feeling and what are you actually comfort sharing so if you type them into that you can then create a boundary down right a physical boundary which is for myself i work out at 10 o'clock in the morning period that is physical and when that is my time i'm like i literally like even this morning i was like i was like yeah i'm going silent this is my time and that's my physical boundary. If you're looking at resource boundary and you go, say, our ability to kind of manage our time. So you can go like, right, what are my resources and how much time do I have in the week to give to what I want to do? Right. So my resources would be like, how am I going to split up the time in the week that are going to give me not only work, going to get work done, but I'm also going to get mental side done and how I'm going to do that. So this is where you look at a boundary going, right, after five o'clock, 
my resource boundary means I have given enough time to work and doing enough in work. So the resource is pushed there and that's the resource end for work thing. So you can segregate all your work, pleasure, relationships into their lot of time. And that's what you do with your resource. And then the mental and emotional boundaries is then looking going, right, how do I categorize or how do I put boundaries with the relationships or the people are put there? So that means that there needs to be certain things in place. For instance, I have a boundary of watching soppy movies. It's just not my thing sitting there. I'm like, not going to do it. So the boundary there is when Neve and I watch movies, we don't watch those type of things because I just don't want to do it. I'm like, if, if I'm going to be doing that, I can go either go and do something else or we can find something that works with us. So that's a boundary that I've set on that side. So that's the emotional aspect, but then you can look at it from a, uh, relationship thing. So going right, there are certain things in the relationship that we will not talk about, or there are certain things in the relationship that when you cross the line, I don't like. So for instance, say if you're a loud chewer, say you get absolutely infuriated by loud chewing. The boundary is right. If you are going to do it, maybe start eating some of your food before I start. So that way I don't have to listen to you eat all your food or ask the person the boundary is there. Can you eat a little bit quieter? So you're saying that. And you can use your mental and emotional boundaries in work, which is after, say, five o'clock, people won't email you, which comes into a mental and a resource boundary because you're then bringing things in. So it's like you can type them, no problem. The problem lies when you are defining your boundary and setting your boundary, and that's where people struggle with. I think the big thing you said there is defining the boundary. I think people need to be clear with themselves and the relationships and the setting the boundaries based on what desires they actually want to do. One of the things that I came across was you must define. The first part of setting your boundary is you examine the boundaries that already exist. So you need to do like a test on it or a SWOT if you want to do a business way or a lack of of boundaries in life. So for example, uh, a man or a woman might decide that they have a healthy relationship in our, with their romantic partner, but not with their friends or with those around them. When things open and back up, they might not have an amazing relationship with friends because they haven't seen each other in ages. But she, that, that person can decide what types of boundaries they want with their friends and coworkers if they want. So by saying simply no to one thing and saying right to the partner or whatever it may be, is kind of, well, I'm going out with them and then stopping, not actually having to explain themselves. Because if you go into justification of it, you're already weakening your statement. And you're kicking in the ego. And so yeah. you kick somebody's ego in, good luck and get them back. Yeah, because not over-explaining is a crucial, a crucial aspect of setting boundaries. As everyone has the right to live the life they want and determine what they want to do and not want to do. It doesn't need explaining. Like how, how often do you kind of, if someone has set a boundary with you, with you, did they explain it? Or did they just go, no, I'm not doing it? and it's important to keep the focus on yourself rather than instead of instead of focusing on the other person and what they want to do instead of setting a boundary by saying something like you have to stop bothering me after work a person can say i need some time to myself when i get back from work or i'm going to go to the gym before i come back home and then i'll cook the dinner but you're still justification you're still justifying yourself you're just still justifying your actions saying that i want to train first but then i'll cook the dinner but why not try to say well i'm just going to go to the gym why not draw the line there? Because most people can cook. But if you've set the boundary, you set the standard that everyone's going to, that you're the cooker or you're the person that cooks the meals, everyone can cook. And if you haven't cooked, well, potentially on a Sunday or whatever, or the night before, potentially have something in the freezer, particularly if you're coming home late. So they have a plan B, but you also don't have to have the plan B. That person, if your partner or whatever is expecting you to cook all the time, that's something you need to look at. That potentially is your role in the family, but that's a role that you've created. That was set. That was a boundary that has been set accidentally by that relationship. Another important thing is to remember is it is possible to set boundaries without setting consequences. This means that when setting boundaries, it is important to explicitly state why they are important to you. For example, a person in an unhealthy relationship might declare that their partner needs to start respecting their career goals if if their partner wants to continue being in a relationship with them. Because... I know for some clients, it's been like they want to move forward or they're not quite ready for like starting a family quite yet, but their partner's kind of potentially wants to start it now, but they're not quite ready. They want to like get one more promotion in. 
you don't have to validate yourself. It's important to, and it's also crucial to act, like declare those consequences and say, right, I'll get this. I'm not a million miles away from this. And then we can do it. Or not even just say, I just want, I want to do this for me. What makes it different for you to be able to go for promotions than me being able to go for promotions? And I think it's really, really key, like you said, that it's, it's important to first figure out what those, what those boundaries are for yourself. So it's like define, communicate, stay simple and set consequences for yeah. like how to set it. Um, and a lot of people will find the communication part very, very tough because of the bite back that may come in. But it's also being definitive in what you want, being assured of what you want, knowing your why, which Dallas has alluded to. And I know clients who I've had onboarding calls with recently, they're like, Shane, I know you're going to ask me my five whys. I have them ready. Uh, so the podcast is working. Uh, so in relation to, I think, some of the other elements for ourselves, like we've spoken about boundaries and work. I think it's also important to just kind of talk about boundaries and relationships. Like I'm not going to go too into what Dallas is doing with Neve or whatever maybe, but I think they're important because if one person is in control of another, then the relationship can't really fully grow and because there's no freedom. Exactly. And I think it's like something like uh, like I've got Neve to do for boundary guys is tell me when you need a day. Like just, just give me, just tell me, like I want my day. Cool. Go do what you want. I'm like, and that's the boundary set there. It's like, you know, I care about you, love you. I obviously want you safe and sound, but it's also like I don't need to be there hovering over you. I don't need to go, right, okay, let's try to plan something together. It's like this is your day. There's the boundary set. I don't have any other things. I don't need to step over the boundary unless there's something necessary to step over the boundary going, right, there is an emergency. There is something I need you in my time. It's like... But the key is setting the boundary so that people have that in the beginning. People don't talk about these things. I used to have a client in the same situation where her uh, boyfriend would want to spend all the time together. Amazing. But not everybody has that capability to spend all their time with the other person. Other people need rejuvenation through alone time. Some people, like myself, rejuvenating, I can spend it with people. That's a perfect time for rejuvenation. You know, there's only times of high periods of stress where I like to go, right, I want my walks and I want to play some games. And then it was setting boundaries in the sense going, right, you need to understand that you rejuvenate the slightly different to how I rejuvenate. For me to rejuvenate, that means I need to be alone. I want it just time to relax. And that's how you set it in a relationship where you talk to the person and you go like, I am making changes. Not like I want you to make a change. It's I am making changes and this is what I'm doing for me. I hope you can understand this, right? Now, I often feel this and you see the way it's I, 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 I. It's not you, 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 you. Because when you do you, 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 ego comes out and now you've got conflict. You don't want that. But one big key thing of setting relationship boundaries is you should not be afraid to make a compromise, Everyone yeah. thinks that I'm going to make a boundary and what? There we go. You know, it's like, hold on a second here. What happens if your boundary stops one of my boundaries? What happens if it, it interferes with my life or causes me pain and hurt? And this is why when having that, it's easier in work than it is in relationships. Because in relationships, sometimes you need to actually dig into a bit on going, right, how can we create a better boundary for each other? and for yourselves. I think this next comment is in relation to those that have kids, like I said, that boundary can get quite blurred quite quickly. And there was a paper, I think it's like Barkin and Wisner, I think they talk about it. And it can be really, really important for those with kids is that looking at the self-care and kind of new mothers in particular is that a willingness to actually delegate and the ability to set boundaries from the off are really, really important for self-care for that relationship to grow that if you kind of set the boundaries from the beginning, they'll be set. It's kind of like at the foundations, like if you're if you're like a, a kid and you're listening to your parents and you're picking up on their doing like a sponge as a kid, so that that will ultimately be set the, the narrative for going forward. 
And the fact that the boundaries have been set at the beginning, they will start to grow. And then that will go through as the kid gets a little bit older and the kid will pick up on it. And then it's a continued narrative for that side of things. And it will leave, lead on to like a better relationship between the self and the partner and relationship between yourself and yourself and the relationship between yourself and your kid. They'll get the best value out of you because you've got the boundaries because how often are you kind of like being pulled left, right and center? And no, don't get me wrong. It's not going to happen every time. Like we said at the beginning, but, the fact that the boundaries are important in relationships underscores the importance of setting and respecting those boundaries. Yeah. It's important to understand and respect each other's boundaries in a long-term partnership and a long-term relationship, just as it's important to respect the boundaries of people whom one does not know very well, especially like bosses and stuff. Mm-hmm. They may expect something from you ASAP, but sometimes people are afraid that they're going to get fired. People are not going to get fired for saying no. But if you say to someone, no, do you want me, like if you got, if you get, if you're working on a project already, and you got a second project put onto your desk, you're better off saying to your boss, do you want me to complete this wholeheartedly and fully? Or do you want me to start the second one and half hours it? And I guarantee, well, don't say it like I just said it, but you know what I mean. But you know, like they'll want you to finish the first one first because you're, you, you, can't, you can't continue to put, as much as we think we can, we can't multitask. We can't, we have to say no to certain things. Like if you know that you're turning off your emails for two or three hours, I guarantee you'll do a hell of a lot more work in the morning. And they're rather just kind of seeing this pop up on your screen. Every time that noise goes off or whatever it may be, you know yourself that you'll feel so much better by getting that task done. Marking off on a sheet of paper, setting yourself a goal for each day, six, six little tasks, rank them one to six, one being most important, six being the least important. And if you don't get those and take them off as you do them, and then this, and then if you don't get one, if you don't get number three, four, five done or six in a day, that goes on to the next day, and then continuously get those done. Yeah. But I think it's it's you just need to have honest, open conversations. Not about setting deadlines. It's not about setting definitives. It's about understanding when to push your boundary on someone how to push around on someone without starting a row. And if someone starts to ask the questions and gets emotional and gets quite thick about it, that's their insecurity being pushed onto you. And you have to look at what can you do for yourself? Because if they're going to be constantly like that and you saying no to something, well, you that's not about starting like, uh, oh, we did this last week with you and we're not doing this week. We saw your family last week. We're not saying my family this week. It's not like it's not a game of he said, she said, or she said, she said, whatever it may be. Or I don't know what the other word is. Yeah, I'm not even gonna get in that way. Um, but it's important to like have that open dialogue. And so and that's the bit that a lot of people struggle with. And if we haven't dealt with our shit from the off, we haven't dealt with our shit ever, it's gonna be a volcano and it's gonna erupt. Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't done that with any of trauma, troubles that they've had, don't try and set a boundary after a fight or a tough conversation, please, because uh, you're waiting for a volcano to go off inside your face. So it's don't, park, like, don't, don't poke the bear. Exactly. I'm like, learn from all of our lessons. I've been there. <laughs> Not a good idea. No, and I think that there's an awful lot of there. I'm kind of like setting boundaries and the importance of setting them saying no, not being afraid to say no, it's a complete sentence and how to set them and boundaries and relationships at work. And like, it's not going to be easy to implement it, but if you can kind of look at, well, define what you actually want to do, communicate what you want to do, stay simple and make it really, really easy. And then set the consequences towards the end um, and look at what you're trying to do. You'll probably look back and say, like, if you say, if you like, if someone's listening to this right now and, and it's kind of said, right, I actually need to do this, well then actually do it. Because I think we listen to too many things and read too many things and never, ever apply any of it. Like we're always looking for this next gimmick as if it's going to solve our life's problems. But most people, if you look at the likes of the most successful business people or the most successful athletes like Cristiano Ronaldo, he will have his routine of four naps a day. He'll have his training in the morning, nap, or eat, nap, train, nap. Then he'll have time with the kids or whatever maybe. He'll have his routine set out. But because he set that boundary in the beginning of his relationship with his other half, she understands that. She doesn't need to understand it, 
but she accepts in order for him to be the best person or the best father or the best uh, partner, he needs to do that because he wants to be the best. 36 years of age and still doing what he did in the football or whatever, maybe and setting a sprinting record uh, over 95 meters at 36 years of age is that just, yeah, it just shows that like if the boundaries are there and you want to become that 1% better than you are right now, the boundaries need to be set there. And it's only like sometimes the word boundaries can quite become quite be forceful. And it can kind of be kind of like an aggressive term for some people. Mm. It's actually asking what you want to do. That's the hardest part for a lot of people. They don't understand what they want to do. They're sailing through life. I did it through my twenties. And it takes something. I've said this numerous occasions, so is Dallas. It takes something negative to make you realize and reassess. Mm-hmm. You need a little shake of the tree. And I heard a quote, this blew my mind. Ah, ah. You can't have a rainbow without rain. <laughs> I feel like we're going to go down the Zen path in a couple of next. Uh, I'm turning into the next on my next podcast, the Buddha podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not starting another podcast. <laughs> Uh, I would say like for anyone who's maintaining boundaries you need to be consistent in maintaining your boundary you're going to experience pushback uncomfortableness awkwardness anxiety and stress yeah but it's temporary it's temporary it's temporary temporary pain for a permanent release and then think about it somewhat like it that's perfectly okay remember the most key important thing this is for you, so keep at it. And if it's in relationship kind of thing, you have the people in your life right now or the people that you need in your life right now and they're there for a reason. They may not have all the qualities that you're looking for, but they have a quality that you're looking Each one of those has a different quality. So you have the person who's the love, you have the love person that's the empathy, that the person that's the business advice or the career advice. Lean on each one of those people. You don't necessarily need it from all one person. Um. So yeah, I think we'll finish up on that note so so volume 16 Dallas 1 episode 190 so I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode I hope you guys have enjoyed the episodes with the guests and stuff and I was going through the list and stuff with Dallas and I'm super excited we've been really lucky with who we've had on in the last uh, while so I think it's important for you guys to keep pressing that download button I only see the stats if you press download guys by the way I don't see the stats if you don't download it. I, I, can, I can't see plays. So I need you guys to keep pressing download, keep leaving reviews up on iTunes uh, and keep keep sharing, sharing, sharing. Um, tag us up on your story. Uh, Dallas, thank you so much for coming on. As always, it's a pleasure and thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. <laughs>